Welcome to Hindsight is 2020, a Motherhood Feels podcast. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in perinatal mental health and host of Hindsight is 2020. On this episode, I welcome seasoned moms and seasoned fashion gurus, Meg and Amanda. These two are lifelong friends who have a combined 25 years of expertise in the retail industry and are the duo behind the Canadian-based company Shouldn't Be Shopping. In addition to personal shopping, styling, and closet edits, these two are also your go-to girls for their new mom, new wardrobe offering. Head over to their website, shouldn'tbeshopping.com, to schedule your consultation and follow them on social at Shouldn't Be Shopping to check out some of their favorite fashion finds. Listen in for more next. Hey guys, it's me, Jill. If you are interested in integrating more support for moms, dads, and families into your healthcare system or business, please contact Motherhood Feels at motherhoodfeels at gmail.com. The Motherhood Feels supports include Before Baby Boot Camp, an online self-paced course and downloadable workbook that offers education, evidence-based coping skills, an opportunity to create a personalized coping plan, and resources for new and expectant parents. Check out motherhoodfeels.com for a sneak peek of the course and to check out my newly published rhyming storybooks with healthy mental health and safe sleep messages, Motherhood Feels M is for Mom and Fatherhood Feels D is for Dad. Both the course and the storybooks can be personalized to your healthcare system or corporation. And as per usual, help this podcast grow by subscribing on Apple and Spotify. You can find me on social at Motherhood Feels. Thanks for listening. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Meg. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Let's start with giving us a little bit of background on who you are. Amanda, do you want to start? Sure. So I am 33. I'm a mom of two. I am one half of Shouldn't Be Shopping. And we are personal stylists. We love to post what we find on Instagram, you know, just general fashion lovers. So Meg and I actually used to work together in the corporate fashion world. So we both worked in like a high luxury fashion office, buying for leather goods and stuff like that. So we've known each other for, I think, over 10 years now. And we became moms at the same time. Wow. We got on maternity leave at the same time. So yeah, it, it all worked out. Quick friends and then mom friends. Mom friends. That's always the hardest piece to find, I feel like, is mom friends. So yeah. this really worked out. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I'm hearing, Amanda, that you're a mom. You're a half to this shouldn't be shopping duo. And yeah. would you share with us, Meg, a little bit about you? Yeah. So I am, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting my age. I'm 32. 32. Wow. I'll be 33 next year. Crazy. 
so I am also a mom of two. I have two little boys. Um, and yeah, this has just been a really fun journey with Amanda. Again, like she just mentioned, we went on maternity leave together. So we were both working in corporate fashion, went on maternity leave at the same time. And if you know anything about Canada's maternity leave, it's really great. We have a really long time, which is amazing for moms. We're so grateful for that. But I think kind of near the ending, we're ready to, you know, for some adult interaction again and that community itching (laughs) to to do something for yourself again. So we started this Instagram account really to share our favorite fashion finds and share our outfit of the days, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it kind of grew organically and we thought, hey, maybe there's something there. So we just rolled with it. Now here we are. Yeah. I love it. And I don't know as much about the Canadian parental leave. Could you give mm-hmm. us a insight? It's totally. got to be better. It's got to be better. Yes. Better. Uh, it's actually, it's great. So I think typically uh, the option is you can actually take 12 months or 18 months. Uh, so yeah, so it's up to 18 months, which is quite long. And you definitely start to go a little nuts after, <laughs> I would say, even as you approach that one year mark, you're like, mm, mm-hmm. I think it's time to get back into the world and get daycare rolling and all those things. So we're very fortunate, though. We're very lucky to have that here. Right. And of course, it's different for everyone, too. And even different maternity leaves. Like my, I took two maternity leaves, one after my first, one after my second. And mm-hmm. After my first, I actually wanted to go back early. I took the 18-month option, but I ended up returning to work earlier than yeah. planned. Um, and with my second, I actually ended up stretching it and then actually not, I didn't end up returning to work. We ended up, now we're here. Now we're here. <laughs> um, and we launched our own business, which is great. The fact that the option is there for moms in Canada is just great. Yeah. Other countries in the world don't get that luxury. So it's it's really nice to have that help. Um and that ability to take the time off to be with your child, also recover from delivering a baby, um, postpartum, maybe some emotional things, a lot. So it's nice to have the option. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like your journeys to parenthood were really about on the same track. And I'm wondering if you guys were able to connect with each other as you were pregnant and then also staying connected in the postpartum period and how being a duo Mm -hmm. was. Yeah. So I'll kick it off, I guess. Uh, so we were pregnant with our first one together as well. So she had her first son, I think in July, and then my daughter was born in, in October. So really, really close together. And I definitely leaned on egg a lot, you know, especially even as my due date was approaching, you know, I had no idea what to expect. I've never birthed a child before. So there's a lot of unknowns as much as there is excitement. It's also very scary. And even after I had my daughter, I reached out to Megalon. and I was like, is this normal? Is this okay? Should these things be happening? You know, again, that whole postpartum recovery period is also just so much unknown that I know from me because she had her son a couple months before it was a really helpful way for me to have someone that I was so close to. Um, just to be able to ask her those questions and not feel weird or embarrassed or uncomfortable. Like I've always been very open with her. So it's, it was such a relief to have someone that I could just talk about anything with, whether, regardless of what body part it was. I think it's just such an essential piece to have someone that you're close to 
to help you through that. And then at least with the second one, you kind of know what you're getting into. So that's different. But um, the first go around, it was definitely really good to have a support system. Yeah. And to add on to that, I think for both of us, we were kind of the first of our own friend groups, um, our respective friend groups to have kids. We didn't have a huge circle of people to connect with on that. So it was really nice to be able to have someone so close in um, timeline of our of our first babies to be able to connect with a lot of those unknowns of pregnancy, delivery, newborn phase. You know, I think we were both up texting each other at like 3 a.m. Probably sending each other shopping links probably. at 3 a.m. Yeah. Um, so it was it was definitely nice to have to have that. Yeah, I feel like that's a great hindsight moment is to be able to have someone that you're connected with on this journey. Mm-hmm. They might be a best friend. They might just be somebody else who happens to be uh, three months pregnant or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice to have somebody to connect with. So I'm so glad you had each other. And then now as both moms and moms who have a professional interest, how are you doing all of that together? Ooh, you know what? I think learning the art of balance, which we'll never fully learn. And I think that's the whole point. Just learning as we go. Right. Those (laughs) ebbs and flows. And some days I think we just need to remember that certain days are going to be, oh, today I have to mom a little bit more than I am working. And other days I have to work a little bit more than I'm momming or parenting. And that's just life. And I, it's, I don't think we'll ever really get to a place where it's perfect balance. And I really think being aware of that and kind of understanding that there is no such thing as true balance helps a lot because, you know, some days you just feel like you're failing at parenting and some days you feel like I have a client and I can't take care of my sick baby. So I'm going to have to just ask someone for help and asking for help has always kind of been a struggle. Um, For me personally, I think it's some somehow ingrained in us that it's, you have to do it all. You have to be able to do it all. And asking for help has been so important. So mm-hmm. just knowing that you can't balance it all and asking for help when you need it. Mm-hmm. Just to add on a little bit, I think that being a duo and taking on this new venture via Instagram and just like our own career, I think having each other to lean on for that support as well. Like if I need to take a day or I, one of my kids is a homesick, Meg can pick up the slack or vice versa, right? So I think that, it would be very difficult to do it alone Absolutely. to take this on. And I think having each other there, you know, I have a family vacation coming up and I know that I won't be as active and I won't be able to contribute as much and Meg can pick it up and then vice versa with she's on vacation. And it's just nice to have that back and forth and just know that we can always rely mm-hmm. on the other person. Yeah. And what's interesting, we actually never had this conversation professionally either of, oh, will you take over? And that might be a mom instinct or kind of something that's you know, as you become a mom, you just learn that when someone has to take a step back, you just automatically take that step in. And I think it was just innate for both of us to do that without even really having that conversation from a business standpoint, which is kind of interesting to to look back on. (laughs) Yeah, we hear it here first. And (laughs) I can totally relate to that as a person in a professional where I have a colleague that I work with who is also a mom and we just kind of turn take. So somebody's kids are sick, totally. somebody's kid has a field trip. 
it just is this natural ebb and flow. So it's nice to find other moms and other moms who understand that need. So I'm glad, again, that you have each other in all of this. You have your shouldn't be shopping Instagram. Curious a little bit about that and what the day looks like for you guys with that. You've got an outfit of the day. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about all that you offer. Yeah. So, I mean, the beauty of it is that it's kind of up to us and not every day looks the same, which is kind of nice. Uh, It really does give us the ability to create our own schedule as well, which is handy as well Mm -hmm. as moms. And, you know, we got to do it all. So typically, you know, we always... I think we were saying how we used to just like send each other things all the time. Like, Oh, I love this top. I love that. And now it's just kind of become innate to just, if we see something we like, we just post it on Instagram. Like we just post a story for it. Uh, People can see what we're looking at. People can see what we love. And we just try to keep that as genuine and authentic as possible. So like, no matter what it is, if we see it, we like it. You know, I bought a humidifier recently. I'm going to post that. Um, Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, We, uh, we just try to keep it as real as our everyday lives. And then, you know, along with that, we like to post what we're wearing. So to your point, like an outfit of the day, maybe right now we're doing 30 days of outfits in January. So Mm -hmm. I think instead of, instead of like a dry January, we're doing 30 30 days of outfits. And then in between all that and making sure the Instagram is busy, we also book clients in person as well. So we do personal shopping and styling and um, all sorts of things, you know, go through people's closets, help them make outfits. So there's no, I think about (laughs) it all. There's really no kind of schedule week to week though. As I said, our business kind of came up organically and therefore we didn't really have many plans and we just kind of rolled with it. And every day was a little bit different. And I think people like that about our Instagram is that there's, you never really know what you're going to get one day. It might be 15 different links of, of things that we're loving online, but it might be, um, an outfit video, or it might be different content. We would film videos, you know, shopping at the mall of different things that we're finding new arrival type things. So yeah, there's not really much of a schedule, maybe something that we'll look into. But every day is really different, yeah. really fun, clients popping in and out here and there throughout the week. So lots of variety, which is great. Lots of variety. And I think that keeps it genuine mm-hmm. who we are because every day is not the same for us. So, um, and I think that's probably what's resonating with people. I hope, yeah. I hope it's resonating. <laughs> you mentioned clients and mm-hmm. what's a typical client like, because I asked, because I don't really love shopping. I love to find something that I like, that's comfortable and cute. And if somebody just gave it to me and said, wear this, I would be like, sure, great. Um, what does a typical client look like for you? Yeah. So our typical client, like we've really honed in on this niche of, and maybe it's because we are this who we are is young moms who have had kids in the year. Yeah. Last five years, five to 10 years, they've had kids. We all went through COVID together. We all wore those matching sweatsuits for three years, maybe had kids in between. So our bodies are changing. Maybe our lifestyle has changed since COVID. Um, We became moms. And I think a lot of women are going to their closets now and saying, all I have here are sweatsuits or old going out tops from old life. When I was young, I wasn't a mom yet. I was going out as I was a lot more social at night with my friends. 
I don't wear that stuff anymore. So I think there's a little bit of um, a need for a new mom wardrobe, essentially. So a lot of our clients are young moms looking mm-hmm. for a wardrobe update. Maybe things don't fit like they used to. Maybe they're going back to work. And we're helping them with personal shopping. Sometimes it's a closet edit, which is really us just going into your closet and helping you edit out pieces that you might not wear anymore. Maybe there's pieces that you love. You just don't really know how to style them. You've picked up random pieces over the years and you're really not wearing them. Uh, so that's where we come in. We help you with closet editing, personal mm-hmm. shopping, personal styling. I just and that's our typical client, I'd say. Yeah, and it's been also just so rewarding because there's nothing better than making someone feel good in what they're wearing, especially as a mom. Um, I think the niche kind of, that we serve just kind of happened naturally because that's who we are. And we like to talk about being moms and just keep it real all the time. So uh, it's just always a really nice feeling when we finish with the client and they just have, you know, a, a sense of pride and they feel good in what they're wearing and they have that confidence. And it's just been really rewarding, I think, for us. Yeah. To see that. And to see that we can help people with that. I mean, I think it's, it's very humbling. Yeah. (laughs) I think we can all relate to getting in some outfit that just doesn't feel right or uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. how it puts you in a bad headspace and to have come in and say, here, try this and get you to a happy headspace. That is Mm -hmm. got to be a huge thing to be witness to and to be participating in. So Mm -hmm. I can see how that would be a huge perk. And I'm also thinking about how you're really catering to new and young moms and how there is this body change and often an identity shift. How are you supporting moms during an identity change and a potential body shift? I'm I'm very open. I'm very open about, you know, whether it's my birthing experience or my body. I think being so open and honest as well with our clients, you know, we've been there. We've gone through it. After my second child, my hip bones did not go back to where they used to be. And I had to replace all my pants in my closet, which was quite the task. Uh, and that's what it is. My pants are a different size now. My everything is a different size and that's okay. And it's not that, you know, something's wrong, but things change. And I think just telling people that and showing them and giving them a perfect example of like, listen, yes, this is my job, but we had to go through this too. I had to figure out what worked for my body type now. And, you know, things I carry fat in different places. Now my bones are over here now. And I think being able to connect with them on that and, you know, show them that it's just so normal for everyone. And we don't all have to have this like bounce back mentality. It's just a new way of looking at your body and figuring out what's flattering for you and what you feel good in. And you don't have to change anything about yourself to feel good. And I think through the process as well, as we show people different um, styles, once they're in those outfits that maybe fit better, you instantly see confidence. Like, and I think people realize that, oh, I can dress in maybe a slightly different way than I was before and still feel great in these, Mm -hmm. in this outfit that I maybe didn't picture myself before. So maybe adding or removing certain things from your wardrobe and just getting more confidence in your wardrobe and having it feel easy and not stressful can just change your day. Yeah. We're also two totally different sizes, which I think helps <laughs> as yeah. well, like a lot, a lot of the time, because 
some like I'm five, eight, Meg is just under five, four. My pants are usually a few sizes bigger than her. Um, so I think also just having the two of us and just seeing that, you know, we're just people and we have different bodies and, you know, we can make something work for every body type. Like we, we pride ourselves on yeah, that, I think. <laughs> style. Sometimes it's a lot of the same things as well, right? Like even though we have slightly different styles, we own a lot of the same pieces. So seeing both like different body types, but also two slightly different styles, someone can then see a link that we post. Oh, here are these jeans, but then see it styled on two different body types, two different styles and how you can really incorporate that. Mm -hmm. So that relates to you. That's cool. I like that. And I can see how that would be really relatable and um, also fun to see. So that sounds like a really cool piece of your offerings. Um, I'm also thinking about your kids. How old are your kids? So they're basically the same age. Yeah. Uh, my daughter and her older son are four and then the little ones are two. So they're not yet into shopping. Are they into clothes at all? Or are they just kind of, all right, mom, put me in so whatever. My daughter definitely has an opinion. Um, she is four. She's in JK junior kindergarten now. And she really enjoys, you know, pink and rainbows and unicorns. She is here for it. So she has a lot of opinions, but yes, the, the opinions are very strong. So it scares me a little bit for the teen years, but, but she loves it. She loves like she, every time like I have a package show up at the front door, she goes, is it for me? <laughs> and she's very disappointed every time I say no, but <laughs> maybe one day we might have a shopaholic on our yeah, hands. We might have, yeah. And maybe it's genetic. And for my boys, they could care less what goes on them. All I know is that it's going to be covered in dirt by the time it gets home. So mm -hmm. it's never going to be anything too fancy. And yeah. to be frank, they're not all that interested in what they wear. So it's a little bit easy for me in that sense. <laughs> Understood. And now as seasoned moms of these non-fashionistas slash shopaholic <laughs> potentials, uh, what do you think? think as you look back over your journey to parenthood, what are some things that you wish you had known ahead of becoming moms? Ooh. So I think I can, I think of two things right off the bat, actually. The first thing is um, I wish someone had told me more about breastfeeding, to be honest. Uh, I found it very challenging it was easier the second time, but the first time it was really challenging. Um, Meg knows all about mm -hmm. this already, but I had a really big oversupply problem. And for me, I just assumed that I shouldn't complain or say anything because I was just so fortunate that I even had the ability to breastfeed. And I didn't realize that I wasn't supposed to be in constant pain all the time. So for me, that was something that just wasn't talked about enough. And, you know, the few other people that I knew who had kids, they just made it seem so easy and it was so natural and beautiful. And of course it can be all those things, but, um, I was in a lot of pain. I was struggling. I was in pain. I was spraying all over the place. Um, and so that was like the number one thing that I had to learn about. And that was a long journey for sure. And then from an emotional standpoint, the other thing would have been that I didn't really understand that that whole year that we have of maternity leave, it's quite long, um, it gets really lonely. And it can, even if you have mom friends, even if you like make the effort to go to a baby class once in a while, it's still just so much time of you and this baby by yourself, you know, your husband doesn't have to leave work or quit his job and he keeps chugging along. And 
not that that's his fault, but, um, you know, it can get really lonely. And when you just have a baby around and not a lot of people to talk to all the time. So I think really forcing yourself to reach out to people, whether that's family members or friends and, you know, really putting in the effort to have that communication with other people, because it can get really easy to just stay at home with the baby and shut in. And that's what makes it so lonely sometimes. So I think with the second one, I really had to make so much more of an effort, especially because it was post COVID, you know, our first babies were kind of during the pandemic. So that was also really challenging, but, um, yeah, I think just really trying to make an effort to not be as lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I breastfeeding uh, is a stressor for a lot of people. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. into pregnancy and postpartum thinking, I got this because you see these kind of idyllic scenes of people kind yep. of really breastfeeding. And then when there are these challenges like undersupply, oversupply, or X, Y, and Z other challenges, it's really stressful. And then I can imagine the benefits of the maternity leave also have some downsides. So that loneliness and that isolation would be something that you would really want to work to have plans around to stay connected. And Meg, what about you? Any hindsight moments on your end? Yes. So I actually also found breastfeeding to be surprising. Now, on the contrary, I had an undersupply. So, you know, pre-birth, I always thought, well, if you want to breastfeed, you can just breastfeed. And that's, you just have to make the decision of whether or what you want to do. And that's all that it takes. But I had an undersupply. So for me, it was more of the stress of, and and I think it was also like something that was in hindsight. I thought he's latching fine. I would see consultants, um, lactation consultants, and it all seemed to be fine. He was latching okay, but he still wasn't happy. He was um, a little bit colicky at the beginning. And I think in hindsight, he was probably just hungry. Um, and I just had an undersupply. But there was kind of this mental battle with me about introducing formula. In my area, in my hospital, it was very it was breastfeeding was pushed on. And as much as I also did want to do it, I did feel a little bit shameful introducing formula early on. So I tried to push it off as long as possible. And in hindsight, I wish I had just introduced it earlier on. I think I would have been happier personally. I think I would have had a happier baby and there's really no reason Mm -hmm. to feel shame around that. So that was one learning for sure um, for me. And then I think for me, another learning, and this is kind of more of a recent thing for me, um, didn't really happen in the newborn stage, but as my second one started to grow and develop, I had this um, thing with comparing him, his development, things he was doing to not only kids around him, his age, but also his older brother and comparing him to what his older brother was like at his age. Um And I think, you know, person is the thief of joy. And I, it's just something I try to remind myself of because every child is so different and it, it's really a waste of time for you to be comparing your child at any stage of their development or uh, their lives to other children around them. And I think that it's done more harm than good for me to be comparing all the time. So that's kind of a recent learning for me. Yeah, those make a lot of sense. And I think you are definitely bringing up things that are quite relatable around the breastfeeding and the formula feeding and the kind of... kind of stress that gets put on that. And I'm a big proponent of fed is best. Just 100%. 
And then the other piece that you mentioned, I think you said comparison is the thief of joy. That's a really good mantra to have on hand because it's easy to do that in a lot of different themes in life. Sure. You're right. When we do compare ourselves or our kids or our Instagram accounts, it tends to not feel so amazing. So those are really good reminders for people. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's easy to lose track of your personal goals when you're comparing them to other Mm -hmm. people's journeys, which you really don't really know much about. Now, I know you guys are shopping experts, but are you hair and makeup and skin experts too? Because looking at you, it makes me feel like you might be. Oh my gosh, that's so nice. Uh, so I will say this is just what my hair looks like. So definitely not a hair expert by any means. This is just what happens when I brush my hair and take a shower. So, you know, I came really nice and clean with wash hair for you. We both appreciate skincare for sure. I really am trying to do everything I can to avoid, you know, sun damage and wrinkles. And especially, you know, we're in our early 30s. Those are things to think about. I probably did a ton of damage to my skin when I was younger. And I have Meg because she is much more of like a beauty. um, I don't know if guru is the right word, but she's much more into beauty and stuff than I am personally. Um, I put on some, you know, tinted SPF and I leave the house. So luckily I have her whenever I do have questions or if I, you know, need to do a Sephora haul, uh, Meg is my helper with that. And I am by no (laughs) means an expert on any of the skin, makeup, hair. I just really enjoy it. It's fun for me to shop. It is fun, you know, walking into Sephora or seeing the, the new arrivals at Sephora really excites me just as, you know, clothing does. I'm in how I apply it, how I do it not an expert at all, but it's really just, it's fun for me. I have fun with it. I like at it just as I do getting dressed and finding inspiration and maybe my mood addresses how I, how my outfit is during the day. The same thing goes for my makeup. Some days I feel like going all out and some days it's au natural and that's how it's going to be for that day. So it's really just fun for me. I like how you both have things that you are interested in, that you have passion and joy around, and it might be at motherhood or with motherhood from time to time, but it's also with these other things like shopping or beauty products. And so it's so fun to hear about all the things that you have been able to share. I thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. This is lots of fun. So much fun. Information on Hindsight is 2020 is intended for general education and informational purposes. Engagement in this podcast does not constitute a professional relationship, and this content is not intended to be an alternative or substitute for professional psychological support. Individuals are encouraged to pursue that through a licensed healthcare provider. If you're experiencing an emergency, please report to your closest emergency department or contact 988.